All right, so uh, we're going to pick up from where we started with last week and, and keep moving forward with that and keep putting these puzzle pieces together and building on the foundation. And, um, you know, as we, we look to what God says, and there's always purpose behind it. Everything that God says, there's always purpose behind it. There's nothing random about it. There's nothing with God that is driven by feeling the way that we often have our human emotions drive us. God has purpose, and everything he does for us is for us. It is for our benefit, for our growth, for our prosperity, for us to be better. And with, with Satan, he's a liar. And the thing about a lie is, is to make things sound good. You know, that's why there's so many different scams that run around today. Because they just sound so good. And we all have this, this want so, you know, if we can have that foreign prince send us a million dollars, you know, it's just that, that, that hope, that, that belief that might be true. It sounds so good. How much could a million dollars change your life? And then we, we give into it. And that happens to hundreds of thousands of people in, several, in different situations each and every day because... It sounds good. Let's uh, have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day to, to be able to get into your word, Father. We ask you to just open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. Just to, to give me what you have for us, Father. Take myself out of the way and let your, your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We got a, a push today in America for, for to change who we are, who God made us to be something different, that we're no longer assigned things that we are from birth, that we should choose. And that's, that's the lie. And we got to look and see, because, you know, as a, as a, a believer, as a, a Bible-believing believer, we know that God created man and woman. Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image God created him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. There is no ifs, there is no buts, there is no exceptions. This is the rule. This is the facts. This is the truth because this is God's word. And everything that God says is absolute truth. God cannot lie. There's no variations of it. And this word in the very beginning in Genesis, the very 
first things God wanted pinned down is just as valid today as it was when this was first pinned. Just as valid. So we have to look, why is it that we want to have such change? Why do we want to have these, these role reversals? We want to have changings of what we see as men and women, what we are, what our roles are, what the family looks like. We're wanting, there's a push to change all of this. Why is there such a push? See, we have all these things we get. We hear these different Bible stories. From a very early age, we hear about Adam and Eve, and we hear about this curse. But how many times do we realize that it is still effective today? That we are still being affected by this curse today. Genesis 2 and 15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Man had purpose. And that has not changed. We are not to sit idly by. We have work to do. Adam had work to do. And the Lord said it was not good that man should be left alone. For him I make a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground, Lord, out of the ground, Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought to them to Adam to he would call them, and whoever ever called the living creature was his name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the fair of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was no, not a helpmeet for him. See, there was a missing piece of the puzzle. Not because... Adam was deficient in any way, not because he wasn't complete, but because it takes two to replenish the earth. He needed something to go along with him, something that was different. And God created woman. We see that Adam had purpose. He was to keep the, keep the field. And we use that word field. And how do we use that word field today? We talk about our job. What field are you in? You might be in the field of medicine, the field of transportation. That word still says, and it comes from this foundation. Adam had a field. He had a job. He had a purpose. And then we have a fall. They partake of the fruit. Their eyes were open. And in 3 and 14, and the Lord said, 
serpent, and then to woman. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and desire shall be towards thy husband, and thou shalt rule over thee. And to Adam, because he had hearkened the voice of thy wife, and had eaten of the tree of which the command of thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of, it is cursed the ground for thy sake, and in sorrow thou shalt eat of it all thy days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth thee, and they shall eat of the herb of the field. And in thy sweat of thy faith thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground, for out of it was taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou return. Now, many of us today are not farmers. We don't grow our own food. But we do other things to generate revenue to be able to go and buy food. The structure is still the same. The details have shifted a little bit. What it looks like changes a little bit, but it's still the same structure. See, Adam had this field to work in. And it started off, it was, it was easy. You didn't have a lot of resistance. You didn't have a lot of the challenges. But that's where the curse comes in. You know, uh, one of our biggest things about sin is, is that our strengths will lead us to sin the most. Our biggest accents can also be our biggest downfalls. So we look at how we are. Let's take uh, men for an example. Men, scientifically, statistically, and in all reasonable expectations, are physically stronger than women. They are more prone to violence. That's their nature. That... Men are typically declined to have an altercation to settle things of differences and to establish dominance. That has been since the very beginning. It is how we are made. It what allows men to be the protector. It what allows men to be the on the front lines of defense. It's how God intended us. But because of that, because of these strengths, we can also look at how we use that for sin. Men are more likely to be convicted of a violent crime than women because they are quick to jump to use the strength and they have the strength to be able to do it. We talked about last week that men come from the earth. We're more connected to things. We look at how we can use all the things that God has given us to build, to make a home, to reshape a mountain, to do these things, to be able to use all the ingredients that God has given us. Where a woman comes out of man, and she is more of the social the nurturing. She has a connection to people. And statistically, that when a woman sins, it's going to follow those lines 
of something that involves relationships, something that involves other people, something that involves communication. Our strengths are good when we have godly intentions, but they can also be sinful when we allow Satan to use our strengths. Back to back to this this curse. It's something that we cannot escape from. Even salvation does not exempt us from sin. It does not take us out of the sinful world. It does not change the environment. It changes who we are. It changes how we can deal with the environment, but the environment is still there. And that's the ones that have accepted Jesus Christ. And we look out to this world today and we see that from observation, through the fruits that people yield, that Jesus is not first and foremost. There is many people out there that has not accepted Jesus Christ. We can look at their idealistity. We can look at what's going on in the world today. And we can see that this word of God is not what is being used to lead this world. That Satan has his grasp on it. Satan has put a veil over the world. And his lies is what is first and foremost. But even as born-again believers, we struggle. We're not putting in the time. We're not putting in the the prayer. We're not putting in the studying. We don't know what the Word says. We go to church out of habit. We go to church out of image. We're not there for the right reasons. We talk about why people leave, why they don't go. They got better things to do. They don't see the relevance. They don't see the the benefit of it. And when you do get them here, they're looking for something more. They're looking for socialization. They're looking for social hour. They're looking for entertainment. And that's not what it's about. It's about forming a relationship with God. It's about building faith. It's about interacting with fellow believers. Because... This is a day-to-day challenge. We are cursed. Jesus came. Jesus gave us salvation. That allows us to have the tools that we need to be able to deal with it each and every day. That allows us to have eternal life in heaven. But it doesn't stop the curse. It's not a vaccination. We will always have it as long as we are here on earth. It's lying there and it's affecting us each and every day. It is a chronic condition. So we look at the curse. And we see we have challenges. We have challenges in our lives. Each and every day. Things break. Things fail. There's difficulties in what we do in our field. And it's all because of the curse. 
And we want to have some freedom from that. And we have all kinds of things now that the world says about it. That there will be people that would listen to this message today and would put it down saying that I'm being sexist, saying that I'm being old-fashioned. But this is what the, the Word says. Men are the caretakers of the field. But yet we have this shift where women want to go out. And men are willing to say, okay, yeah, that's fine. You do it. I'll stay home. I'll do this. It's a reversal. And it's not about equality. It's not about changing the system. It's about escaping the curse. The world looks mighty different today. See, God created man, put him in his field, and then he gave him a help meet to help him in his field. And that's the way that it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a family-oriented, a family-ran field with the, the two working together as a unit. We look at the, uh, the great women of the Bible. We see that the wives, we see uh, Rebecca. We see Sarai. We see these women that were married to these men. These men were great Landowners. They had many people working underneath them. They had livestock that had to be managed. They had fields that had to be managed. All the stuff that had to be managed. The, the household income. And the woman was a significant part of that. But she was able to go out and do those things. She had duties of taking care of the children. Everything came together and worked as a family unit. And now we have such great separation that we want to separate this thing. And everyone goes off in their own direction to do their own thing that we have to establish ourselves as individuals. That is not God's plan. Of course, we are at all individually unique and special, but we are designed to work together. We are like Legos. We snap together. We come together as a, a family unit and then a community, and we keep getting bigger from there, but we're all connected. And Satan keeps saying, no, you need to be Individual, You need to be different. You need to stand out. You need to be on your own. That is not God's plan. And we battle through these things 
day after day. But it's all with purpose. We have our challenges that we face. And it's to make us rise up. Many times we have a a situation where we're trying to get something accomplished, maybe something breaks or we're trying to get something done and we keep running into roadblocks. And for many of us, we can't always just go out and, and have someone else do it for us. We have to make these things happen. So what would we do? We have to, we have to think. We have to adapt. We have to become better. Every challenge that we face each and every day makes us grow stronger as individuals. We gain knowledge from going through our challenges. We gain experience. And we can use these as building blocks. And what we should be doing is, is each time we face our challenges, we should be relying on God to see us through. We are lazy as humans. We want to have a, an easy way out. We don't want to have to think. We would rather have someone tell us what to do. We would rather have the, the money to show up. We would rather have things handed to us. Again, we go back to why people are scammed every day. Because we're looking for something for nothing. We're looking for something easy. Life is not easy. Life is challenging. But God is here to see us through. We look to escape. If we don't have to go out into the world, into our field, if we can send our other half to do it, then we don't have to deal with those challenges for that day. And it works the same way. Women don't have that structure anymore. And they have all these things that they're consuming, telling them that they need to be something different. And there's no fulfillment because they're not accomplishing anything. So they feel like they need to go out and do more. But the thing is, all they're doing is changing that desire they're going out and working for someone else but they feel like they're escaping that curse escaping what the world has put them into but the fact is there's really no escape we have problems and we want to mask them. So we, we do things. We drink, we take drugs, we do all these things that's an escape. And this is just another form of escape. What we have to do is learn how God tells us to deal. Through prayer, through education, through the word. God has given us every tool that we need. We can live in peace every day. 
Paul is a great example of that. That man had everything in the world happen to him. And he was still in peace because of his foundation in God. Because he knew that God is in control. He knew that everything is for God's glory. And we're so fast to want to change that. We want to blame God for everything. We want to blame. We want to be the victim. So many of our battles in life are lost because we allow it to happen. We lose it in our own minds. We get some bad news at the doctor and we give up. We don't want to fight. We don't want to battle it. We don't want to push. Everything is a push. If something comes incredibly easy, if something seems too good to be true, you better watch out because it is. Because if you're not putting God first, if God is not leading you in direction, if you do not know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is pushing you this way, that God is opening the doors for you, then you better watch out. Because if Satan is allowing you to succeed, it's because you're doing his will. It's because it benefits him. Or because he's going to drop you on your head hard as soon as he's done with you. So many times we see people getting ahead and we wonder why that is. How people that are so bad succeed so well. That's because Satan has his purposes. And just for the fact is that you're questioning it. That you're saying, how can this be? You're saying, you're right there. He's done. He's accomplished what he wants to accomplish because he has planted doubt in you. Because you're looking at this person and wondering, okay, God, why is that allowed to go on? So now you're questioning who God is and how he feels about you. There is so much confusion. Every time we think something bad happens, it's God, it's God, it's God. It is sin, it is sin, it is sin. We allow things to happen. We not only have cracks in our armor, we have entire pieces missing because we have not put up our defenses. We don't know how to put up our defenses because we haven't taken the time to learn. We haven't got into the Word. There's people that don't like to teach out of Genesis because it's so old. A lot of people don't like the Old Testament because they don't think it applies anymore. They like to hear about the love, the love, the hope. And I love the love and the hope too. That's what we're all hoping to accomplish. But we have to get the foundation first. 
We have to understand why we do what we do and how to stop it. How to reprogram ourselves. How to shape ourselves. Ask yourselves that. If a stranger was to come up to you on the street and ask, are you cursed? What would your answer be? For many of us, we hadn't just talked about what we talked about this morning. You would have said, no, of course not. You would have thought you're normal. That you're no different than anyone else. That that's a, a thing that we think about in other ways. But yes, in fact, we are under a curse because the word of God says so. Because of what happened in the beginning. We believe in Jesus Christ. And of course, if you're sitting here today, I'm sure if anyone came up to you and asked, do you believe in Jesus Christ? You would say, yes, amen, I believe in Jesus Christ. But how can you believe in Jesus Christ if you don't believe you are cursed? Because if you are not cursed, there are no fall of man. There is no reason for Jesus to come back to lay down his life, to cover us in his blood so we can have salvation. We are cursed. And there's no vaccination that can save us from that. We want to hear all the, all the good things. And yes, there are so many good things. There is so much love, so much peace, so many things that we can possess. Knowledge. Success. We can have all these things, but we have to have a foundation. I used to listen to, to so much different stuff coming in, and I have had to cut so much of it off because it does no good to tell me how much I'm loved. It does no good to tell me how much peace I can have. It does no good to tell me how to be prosperous if you don't tell me how do I get there. How do I get there from here? And we have so many people that, that hear a little bit of that message and they want it. They want it so bad. And then they try with what little bit of knowledge they have and what happens? They fail. And then they think, well, God doesn't care about me. God doesn't love me. And they give up. And we don't give God a chance. We're in the world of instant. We want high speed. Every year when a new phone comes out, the new carriers talk about how this generation is so much faster than the last generation. We want our food fast. We want our coffee instant. We want it now. But God doesn't work on our timeline. We see that Joseph spent years in a prison. That Jacob spent years waiting for his beloved wife. We want it now. 
And if we don't wake up tomorrow and find our prayers answered, we think that God don't love us. Instant doesn't build faith. And faith is what we are seriously lacking. We look at this world today and there is no faith. We are putting our faith into people, into science, into vaccinations, into anything and everything. We praise celebrities. We praise all these different things. But we don't praise God. We don't have faith in God. Because I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the earthly facts are. And I say that earthly facts. Because God does not work with the rules of man. God is above it. God is better than it. God has a better solution. God can handle it. And he has given us all these things. The word said the face of a mustard seed can move a mountain. We have no faith. Mountains are not moving because they don't work. It's because we have no faith. Answer me this. How many times do you pray? But when you pray, there's still that little bit of doubt. So that little bit of doubt. Well, maybe. Maybe it's not going to happen. We pray, God, God, heal me. God, heal me. Over and over again. It should be, God, thank you for having me healed. We pray for prosperity. God, thank you for the prosperity that is coming my way. We don't think in the terms of it's already happened. And that's the way God is. God is yes and amen. It is done. Not I'll get around to it. Not maybe later. It is yes and done. It doesn't mean it's on our timeline, but the answer is yes and amen. I hear you. It is done. But the problem lies is we don't believe that. And we start listening to the world. And things start sounding good. And when things start sounding good, we start to believe it. And we can't serve two masters. Are we going to serve the world? Or are we going to serve God? I do not believe that we have to depopulate the world. That goes against everything God says. He says to be fruitful and multiply. We don't have to change our way of life. God is not going to create this perfect environment for us and then allow it to fail. We look back and here, God created everything first. And then he took his most prized creation, man, and put it into it. He got everything ready for it and then put man into it. 
We were not an afterthought. He did not whip us up one day and then say, oh, wait, they need this, we need this. No, everything was precisionly planned. God is still in control. And we do not need to make these abominable changes that goes against the word of God in an attempt to save a world that's already been saved. Yes, the world has already been saved because Jesus has already done it. He has saved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So those who will not perish but have everlasting life. Already done. And no amount of science, political correctness, personality, celebrity, politician can change those facts. God is in control. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this word today, Father. We ask that you can guide our hearts and minds, Father, each and every individual, Father. We know that there is so much misdirection. There is so much evil that Satan has got such a hand, Father, that... We plead for these souls today, Father, that are wrapped up in the world, Father, that they can be opened up to the truth, that the light can be shown, Father, that they can be saved for us everlasting too late. Father, we know there's many people that's feeling a void inside them, that there's an emptiness, there's something missing, and we try to fill it with all different kind of things. We try to make changes to our lives, and the one thing is missing is you, Father. We ask that these voids can be filled with the only thing that can truly fill it, which is your son, Jesus. We ask that those decisions will be made, Father. We ask that if there's any need, any situation that's lingering, that the chains will be broken, they can be turned over to you, and it can be handled, Father. We thank you for this, Father. And ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Page 375.